Thanks for joining us for the Changing the Industry podcast, where we try to effectuate change for the better, one conversation at a time. Part of that change is providing help for those that need it. This is why we've partnered with the Institute for Automotive Business Excellence. Whether it's help with sales, operations, or just getting your numbers in order, these folks are some of the very best in the industry. And for our listeners, they'll sit down with you and go over your strengths, your weaknesses, and the opportunities that are in front of you. They'll create a customized plan for how to move forward absolutely free. That's right, free. And if your plan includes one-on-one coaching, they can also help you with that. There's no hard sales pitch, no obligation, just honest help from honest people. So if that's something that you think could benefit you, make sure you click on the link in the show notes. And now, on to the show. I remember how it used to be. The phone's ringing off the hook. Clients are coming in the front door like crazy. And here comes little technician Timmy. Timmy comes up and he says, hey boss, where's my part? Where you want me to go next? What you want me to do? Gosh, Timmy, if I knew, I'd tell you, buddy, but I am covered up. All of that stopped when I found Shopware. With Shopware, you get an industry-leading expediter right there in the software. It tells you if your parts are here, where your technician should go next, and how much time they have left to complete the jobs in the day. Go to GetShopware.com to learn more. GetShopware.com. Tax looking for jobs are usually ain't worth a shit. If he ain't got a, if he ain't got a job already, man, and he got pissed off at some service manager, that's, that's usually the time to grab one. I mean, usually it's a service manager that is a, I'm going to say this, I'm going to say this in the nicest way possible. You'll have a service manager or a service writer that is a salary and employee, and he is in charge of someone's paycheck that is a commissioned employee. I need you to really, really sit down and think about what I'm telling you here. You got somebody that doesn't give a shit on whether he's freaking cutting money from freaking checks and stuff to pay someone who makes money off those checks and stuff. Hey everybody, David here, and welcome to the ASOG Podcast. In this episode, we speak to the former owner of his own shop, and now the shop foreman at E1 Motorsports in Houston, Texas, Dusty Harrison. Dusty shares some very personal stories, as well as the lessons he learned from some of the darkest moments in his life. And before we get started, you should know that there's a lot of explicit language in this episode in case you happen to be playing this around little ones. Please take a moment to hit that like button as well if you're watching this on YouTube. And if you like our content, consider subscribing to the channel. If you're listening to this on your favorite podcast listening app, make sure you're set to automatically download the latest episode so you never miss an upload. And now, here we go. So like I was telling you this week, I've been back in the shop a little bit, right? And that's horrible. You really don't want me in the shop. I'm a horrible tech. Um, I, I know enough to be dangerous, <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm a horrible tech. I'm, I'm like a perfectionist. So before I'll make a call on anything, I want to know I'm a hundred percent right. So I take forever to do anything. I'm easily distracted. So like the phone rings, something <laughs> happens, somebody walks up and talks to me yeah. and I completely forget what I was doing. I'm off in la la land. Right. And so. You know, one of the things that we're often taught 
one of the things that coaches always say is you don't have to be the hero. You don't have to have all the answers. Yet, I think so many of us build our egos on the fact that we like having the answers. It feels good to have that knowledge. It feels good to be able to talk to somebody and have that intelligent conversation about what a vehicle's doing because that's what our profession is, right? And I, I think that's a little bit different with technicians. Dusty, you've been on both sides of that, haven't you? Didn't you Didn't you own a shop for a while or run a shop? Yeah, I, well, I've, I've ran a couple over the years, but I did. I owned a shop in Florida. Um, I did it for a couple of years. I made all the mistakes. Um, the biggest mistake that I think I made, too, is I right. gave to the poor. Um, I've done a lot of third owner garbage and all this stuff. And uh, uh, I I was coming up for a, a, a lease renewal, and I decided that, you know, I'm like, yeah, maybe I'll just buy the building. So I started to buy the building and all that good stuff. And about, I don't know, about a year and a half later or so, man, I just decided that, you know, I was, I was, I was on the side of the railroad yeah. tracks. Does that make sense? So, I mean, I get Prada bags and iPhone 10s, you know, bitching at me about, you know, Diac charge and, hey, look, why is your oil change $125 and this? I mean, I just, I got sick of it. I just got tired of it. It finally got to the, I mean, I'm bringing my misery right. home at this point. And uh, I remember I reached out to a guy, uh, David Stallsmith. He was, uh, and I, I was like, hey, man, you know, I think I'm, I think I'm going to shut this place down. I'm over it. And it wasn't. 15 minutes later, he had Bob Salandra call me, who owns European Service Center. They got like 10 stores between Georgia and Texas and all that. And then they put me in charge of the Houston store over here, which was right. like brand new. I mean, brand new. When I got there, like I slept in a closet <laughs> for six months. Because, <laughs> well, I mean, it wasn't a closet. Like he kind of built me like a little mini condo and all that stuff. We had a shower, you know, I got a place to chill, I had a TV, all that stuff. Long story short, man, like I crashed out there until we moved the family out. And, uh, the, I mean, I stayed there for probably another two years. And then I got the hankering to, uh, I wanted to go in a different direction with my own career. Um, like what we do now is basically performance and repair for Audi only, for the most part. I mean, there's some small ones to sneak in and all that, but I mean, we are, you know, just, one form of knowledge you know stick with what you know it's the easiest to make money at and i hate to say when you do multiple brands and this that and the other you, you need all this other stuff man i just need otis and vcds right. that's it you know so i mean in long and again a, another long story short on this is that i actually enjoy audi um a lot of people don't and i get that i mean it has its quirks I mean, just like BMW, you can have a code. It could be a leaking, you know, an air leak or need an engine. You know, unfortunately, Audi doesn't do that. <laughs> but, but, but I mean, it's all common failure stuff. You know, engineers made their mistakes. And nine times out of ten, man, you know what it is from that first phone call that, that comes in. But I'm still getting my diet right. charge. Well, and, and, you know, for a long time, I was kind of in the same boat, right? All we did was light-duty diesel. and And so... I, it, it, you know, for me, it was every truck that came in, I'd been doing it for so long. I already had a feel for where we were going. I had a feel for what we were doing and, and we knew the tests that needed uh -huh. to be done and we jump in and we do the test and we would knock it out and say, here's where we're going. Right. 
And, and so that knowledge was important because, you know, and, and I think through systems, you can create something very similar in general. Lucas and I have been telling you about parts tech for a while now and how it gives you access to unlimited parts and tire vendors and direct integration with over 35 shop management systems. And now they've just launched a new referral program. All you have to do is open your parts tech account, go to my shop and click on the rewards tab. There you'll find your referral URL, which you can share via email, text message, or on your social media. If your referral signs up for a new account and places five orders in the first 30 days, Parts Tech will send you a $100 gift card. That's it. Nothing else is needed. Your referrals can get you $100 just for using Parts Tech, which by the way, is absolutely free to get started with. So if you're using Parts Tech already, start sharing that referral link. And if you haven't signed up for Parts Tech yet, what are you waiting for? Click on the link in the description or go to partstech.com forward slash podcast. That's partstech.com forward slash podcast. Hey, one more thing. If you find out that your shop management system doesn't integrate with Parts Tech, it's time to upgrade. David and I use what we believe to be the very best system on the market, shopware. With unmatched features like Parts GP Optimizer and DVX, which is their digital vehicle experience, Shopware really is way more than just a shop management software. With it, you'll be able to create an immersive and interactive experience for your client, setting you apart from everyone else using run-of-the-mill software. Are you ready to upgrade? Click the link in the show notes to get started. It's not as easy, right? Well, there's the 85% rule does hold key to a lot of things. But being a specialist, an actual true specialist for one, maybe two brands, is I mean to me that that I'm not going to say becomes the most profitable by any means because you can run a lot of car count you know doing everything you know you might only have ten cars coming through a day you know in in a smaller shop man that that specializes but I mean you have everything you need there's no guesswork you've done this job several times you get it in and out fast there, I mean it's just I. I honestly felt like the specialized mom- the specialized market was the better call for what I'd intended to do with my life. And then they added the performance side onto there as well. So I mean that that keeps things going because the performance side is all unknown unknowns unfortunately, but I mean it is fun and there is money in it, but it is not the working capital what right. keeps the shop going. Yeah, and I hope course. that makes sense. Absolutely. You know, we did performance for a while, and I, I think looking back, I, I you know, and, and especially with the changes now, I'm glad I got out of performance. Oh, diesel guys are their headhunters oh, yeah. on right now. So, and, I mean, and, I feel you, you know, I, I enjoy working on everything. I, you know, I think you have to have staff that's acclimated to everything. You can't just, you yeah. know, for me running a shop, I was really good at the diesel stuff. But my abilities didn't shine there. You know, I've, I've been watching Paul Danner for years and, and gaining resources and knowledge and picked up some of those skills. But that wasn't where I shined, right? The diesel would come in, a 6.0 would come in, and I knew exactly what testing we needed to do. I had a test plan figured out. It was a canned job. I added it to the ticket and we moved on, right? Do this, 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 yeah. and this. And it helped me automate the shop in a lot of ways, but it also taught me how to do that with other jobs. You know what I'm saying? Like, so when we came away from just being a diesel shop, as opposed to just saying, okay, how are we going to diag this? 
I realized that I needed a thought process to it. I needed a, a direction. I needed a way to be able to get the thoughts from the technician, you know, A, what what's the client's concern? B, what is it? What direction is the technician going to go? And there's got to be accountability. There's got to be documentation. There's got to be, you know, because, uh, man, <laughs> I want to be careful how I say this because we've we've had a lot of folks on talking about how bad the technicians have it right now. No, no, that's well, not entirely true. A lot of times the techs get lazy. You need to be in there. You need to be writing in your, you, all right, look, this is something that I push for. All right. I want tech notes in a, in a ticket. I want them flat out. Well, you're one of my guys. You need to be putting tech notes in a ticket. All right. And here's why. I want, you know, what you recommended, what the customer declined, you know, uh, what was repaired. And then final test drive thoughts and final test drive thoughts are like, hey, look, this, this, this and this was reclined. This can happen. This, this, this and this. It's basically a big CIA or, or CYA type deal for the end notes that go into the ticket. And then, you know, and not only that, it, it comes down to, uh, hey, look, uh, this guy says that, you know, we get someone to later for you know a problem and this that and the other and like hey look these tech notes right here are pretty much pretty clear right yeah of, of why he's having this problem right well i mean so, you know like i we, mean we start with the concern right we document what the concern is yeah and then the technician talks about what testing he did right i did this testing i read the yeah. diagnostic trouble codes i looked at the freeze frame to determine when it happened um once i looked at the freeze frame we documented exactly um, when it was happening and we recreated that scenario and it did or did not occur. And then once that happened, I was able to determine in these data events, this happened. Right. And, and I, I guess my point in saying that was, <laughs> I, I think that there's a lot of really great texts that deserve to be paid extraordinarily well, right? They deserve to make a lot more than what they make right now. I completely agree. But one of the things that keeps coming up is there's also been a lot of shop owners who have been burnt by bad techs, you oh, know, of course. And, and I, I've, I've kind of kept my eye on you and watched some of the things you've said and some of the conversations you've had and, and probably my biggest thing. And I, I don't mean to throw identifix under the bus. I'm going to, I'm, I, I don't mean it like I'm going to say it, but I always told them when they called and asked me to sign up for identifix. No, I don't want the silver bullet fix in my shop. And they're like, we're, we're more than that. And I'm like, I completely understand. I don't want to give anybody in my shop an excuse to look at something that says the probability is this. Well, no. All right. That's a double-edged sword, Lucas, and I'm going to tell you why. All right. You can, here's, I, we actually have Identifix and I do use it, but I can look at the top five, you know, major failures for this and look, you know, and put my testing yes. or procedures into hey into you know these few things hey look this 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 and this are the top five we're going to test yep. for these real fast you know what i mean give me my extra hour we're going to roll through this real, real quick and see what's going on and then you get your answer but the thing is identifix now it's not hey look all right this is number one cause right here we're going to sell this cam sensor for instance no 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 we're going to go through we're going to test individually now we have a more collaborated effort of the multiple, you know, the, 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 the common fail points of why this code exists. 
So now we can localize and, you know, push forward to, you know, a diagnostic process that can actually Absolutely. be found. Absolutely. On top Absolutely. of that, Absolutely. it has... It has sometimes, now I'm going to say this is probably 60% of the time, it has simplified testing procedures. If you're not overly familiar with a vehicle or, you know, if, uh, if the theory of operation is not well-defined, and that's usually where we run into problems, right. is the theory of operation is a cluster in the, in the SI. So, you reading through it, you're like, well, this doesn't make any sense. It didn't give me the information that I was looking for. We ran into that with a with a Chevy Volt in the cooling system, and we were looking to see if this part of the cooling system was actually connected to this other part of the cooling system, and the SI just didn't have it in there. And I think reading through some of the information that was in Identifix that had been put up by some of their, their techs gave us the information that we were looking for, that if we test this, it t- gives us this information because... They're not connected. So, well, now we can come up with a testing procedure. And sometimes reading through that information, it allows you to narrow down what tests you are going to run to then find the problem. Yeah. I, I, I don't mean this. this can, I, can I? I, I'm, I don't no, no, mean. You need multiple. I, I, look, here's the thing. Is I, I don't mean that Identifix is bad. I guess my, I, I guess the reason I bring that up is that when I was the diag tech in the shop, to me, I looked at it initially and said, I don't want to give anybody an opportunity to look at something like that and say, this is yeah. a silver bullet. There are techs who will do that, right? And, and the reason I bring that up is, Dusty, because I've seen you in more than one occasion bring up or just absolutely I will rip somebody apart because they come into a group and they're like, hey, uh, why is this happening? You know, oh, I've done this. Well, what testing have you done? Nothing. <laughs> I checked the codes. Well, you know. Well, I mean, it's it's not only that though. Like to me, Identifix has the best connector views out of yes. any system. Period. But but and here's the thing, I do like we started doing working interviews at the shop. Like, right. hey, look, I give I give you eight hundred dollars this week to come work. Let me watch you. Hey, Amen, dude. That is and a that, huge that's thing. Creepy. And then and, you know, <laughs> it's not. And, uh, <laughs> But, and here's the thing too, is I take Identifix off the table, unless you give me a legitimate reason on why you need it. Right. Like we have Mitchell, we have, I mean, we have Pro Demand, we have Identif- or we have Identifix, we have, uh, we have EKTA for Volkswagen Audi, you, you know, we have Otis as well as we have, uh, crap, uh, all data. So, I mean, there's plenty of other service data that you can use, man. You need to check TSBs? Of course, it's actually really, really quick to do. And 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 Identifix, but you know you can go right over there to Otis, man. Look at everything you need to, you know. So I mean, but um, I mean, long story short, on any of that stuff, man, is you know I literally try to take Identifix off the table because I want to see if he can think for himself, right, dude. And and that's such a big deal is that that in so many ways, I I think all human beings can think for themselves, but how many of them will do it, right? I mean, we, I mean, we see a lot of people who aren't willing to, and, and look, I, I guess the reason I bring all this up is because, you know, we've had these last couple of episodes where we're, we're talking about this technician to shop owner environment. And, you know, a lot of guys are sitting here saying, look, you guys don't live in the real world. That's not what we're seeing. That's not the shops that we're working at. We don't know where you're seeing these shops, but these aren't the shops we're working at. 
And in the same respect, shop owners are saying, look, I would love to pay a tech a hundred thousand dollars a year, but I can't find one that'll get his head out of his butt. Well, I mean, the tech techs looking for jobs are usually ain't worth a shit. That's true. If he ain't got a if he ain't got a job already, man, and he got pissed off at some service manager, that's that's usually the time to grab one. I mean, usually it's a service manager that is a. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this in the nicest way possible. You'll have a service manager or a service writer that is a salaried employee, and he is in charge of someone's paycheck that is a commissioned employee. I need you to really, really sit down and think about what I'm telling you here. You got somebody that doesn't give a shit on whether he's freaking cutting money from freaking checks and stuff to pay someone who makes money off those checks and stuff. Yeah, that's true. I mean, and that's usually where the barrier gets divided. You know, I mean, you got, I mean, and I'm not talking crap about writers, man. I'm going to be real with you, man. I've had some phenomenal service writers like come out and, Come out to the shop, be like, "Hey, Dusty, uh, you know this is pretty much a, you know, I know you looked at this a few minutes ago. A few minutes ago, it's complete no comms, no start, blah blah blah, completely dead." Be like, "Yeah, I need about four hours." Girl comes back in about fifteen minutes. She's like, "I got you five and a half." Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know that's what we do in our shop. That that's how yeah. we operate. But everybody's saying that they don't get that experience elsewhere. What what has your experience been? Have you been in, I mean, it sounds like yes. besides working for yourself, you've, you've had pretty good, pretty good work experiences. I mean, I have. And I mean, just like it, if you have a well-trained group of people and you have your own, you know, procedures and, you know, protocols involved pretty well throughout a shop and you become a family, you literally do, you become a family. I mean, there's some really small shops, man, that are, you're with the people you work with more than you're with your own family. So there has to be a good, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? You know, communication, you know, there has to be a good fit. Yeah. Rapport. Yeah. There you go. Fit any of the, any of that. So, I mean, I like to laugh all day. So, I mean, if you fuck up, I mean, I'm going to dead ass. Like if you leave a wheel loose on a car, for instance, I made a comment on this earlier that was on a Facebook post. Like, what would you do if you had a tech that left the wheel loose. So I'm like, man, I buy lunch that day. I pull, I pull a bunch of, I pull a bag of lug bolts out of the bag and hand it to him. <laughs> I, you know, I, I'd sneak behind him and, you know, you know, tape a, a torque wrench to the damn wheel while he wasn't looking. Like, I'm going to fuck with this dude to where he's never going to do it again. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, we don't even have to have a conversation. That's just how I am. Like, I'm going to fuck with you. You know, <laughs> but but I mean, and I get it. I mean, I, and and you, everybody makes mistakes. Even me. Like I, I let me give you for instance for me. I had a uh, a service writer who had uh, he sold a a job. Uh, it was on a Porsche. It was on a, on a on a Cayman. You know, it was a coolant flush, and he buys one gallon of coolant. If you know anything about Porsches, you know the engines in the back, the the the, the radiators in the front. So, what get out of the cooler? They get a cutter, bro. So, so I mean, and uh, they take uh, about eight and a half, nine, nine and a half, somewhere in there, roughly. Gallons of coolant. It's about a three-hour job. Uh, they put it under vacuum. You know, a normal car, man. You do your vacuum fill, man. You know, it's sucked all the way down in like five, ten minutes. Yeah, these are like forty-five, and your hoses are stu- your hoses are stu- you know finally starting to, to you know enclose on themselves. That gives you any there is a huge system. 
so I get in there and I start getting on his butt and all that stuff, man. And damn, uh, you know, uh, he's like, hey, look, I can just get the extra time for it. We can do it. I'm like, no, you need to learn something from this. So he went in and uh, he, he, he was going to call the customer and get it all done. So I brought him out into the shop and made him do the cooling flush himself. <laughs> That's awful. <laughs> hey, man, service rider, man, you're not going to learn until you learn. Right. To see how bad it is. Well, you know, like just a few minutes ago, there's a post in a group and and it's talking about what to do with tech comebacks. Right. And I I found it so almost appalling because the first four or five comments in the thread were cut him loose, fire him. Bye bye. And I'm like, hold up. Nobody asked why he was having a comeback. Nobody asked what kind of comeback it was. Nobody asked. We all have comebacks. Right. We all have them. Oh, yeah. It, hey, if you don't have one, you're lying about it. <laughs> you yeah, know you, I mean, you that's are. all there is to it. And and we're human beings. We make mistakes. We're working on machines that rarely perform the way we expect them to. And so everybody makes a little mistake. Dumb things happen. I get it. It's not that big of a deal. You know, my question is, 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 hey, are we are we understanding why he's having a comeback? Did we dispatch to strengths? Did we send him the job he was supposed to be doing or did we give him a job that was out of his wheelhouse or is he being lazy? That's a different. You see what I'm saying? There's there's a yeah. difference. And and, you know, I, I think that the biggest thing is we've all got to work together to get along. Right. And and just like we always talk about the culture in my shop, we talk about the culture in David's shop, just like the culture you guys have in your shop. That doesn't come from every time something goes wrong, looking for somebody to blame. It comes from everybody saying, man, that was a dumb idea. Why did we do that? What can we do differently next time? What should we have done differently about this? Right now, if it's a continued problem, that's one thing. Right. If we continue to see problems and you're not learning from the mistakes that you made, yeah, that's a problem. I mean, there could also be a dispatch issue issue, yeah. issue as well. I mean, they could be giving jobs to people that have no reason to be working on some of these things. Absolutely. But, but I mean, the way that our shop is set up, most of the comebacks, well, ninety nine percent of them come through me. And what's gonna happen is, is then I'm gonna fix the car. And then it's going to, you know, leave. But the thing is, I need them to continue to make money. Right. <laughs> if that makes sense. Like, hey, yeah. look, you, 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 I mean, we have a, our, our scheduling system is pretty, pretty good. So, I mean, and he's going to have his jobs and I can, you know, I can hop off mine and, uh, you know, check this out real fast and, and usually solve it, it. If it is him and if it is his fault, yo, come here. You know what I mean? And then, yeah. you know, like, I'm going to fix this. I want to see this again. Well, so, so let me ask you, if, since you're the guy who fixes that, the majority of the time, what are you seeing? Is it the tech's fault? Is it Sometimes. something just ridiculously stupid? Or is this typically something like, man, I made an honest mistake? Um, it could be all three. I mean, it could even be a part failure. Right. So, I mean, it, it's no one's fault. It's except for the part manufacturer. But I mean, and that's, I mean, but that's. That's usually why I look at them because I mean I, I like to keep things in check over there, man. I mean, and, and they even check me up sometimes because I get I get arrogant. I mean, and that's that's one of my big flaws. I've getting I'm getting I've gotten better about it over the last couple of years, man. But I'm still extremely arrogant when it comes down to a few things. Did you see that post that how many shop owners? Um, some of them were maybe techs asked. They were mostly shop owners. They asked. 
about the wheel being left loose. And and that was the scenario. Yeah, I commented uh, on that. That was the scenario. The, the yeah. tech, uh, your best tech leaves a wheel loose. Vehicle comes back. What do you do? And I don't know how many asked. Was it intentional? Because that that's how they're going to decide how to react to the to the technician is whether it was intentional. Right. Why would a tech intentionally? What? Yeah. Why would you employ a psychopath that leaves lug nuts loose intentionally? Like it was an X. But that's how you're going to treat the ex's vehicle, like j- jilted lover si- situation, maybe. I, I don't know. But you still don't leave the, the lug nut loose. That can kill somebody. Why was everybody asking? Was it intentional? Assume it's not intentional. Otherwise, you, you employ a psycho, in which case you should probably look at your hiring practices and, and say, ah, <laughs> I should make better decisions on who I hire. But this was a legit question. People were wondering, was it intentional? No, no, it was not intentional. It was a mistake. So let's let's react from that standpoint. Let's not ask, did you did you mean to leave that that wheel loose on that that person's vehicle? How offensive would it be if somebody came and asked you that? Oh I yeah. I mean like come what the f- I've had a guy lie to me one time before at another shop. It was a shop in Florida. It was called Joyce Automotive and I was there. I, I mean a, a lot of y'all know my past, especially probably you two. Like I was in drugs for a long time. I just got out of rehab, need a fresh start, new city, this, that, and the other. This place gave me a shot. And, like, he actually helped me open my own business after the fucking, after everything was said and done. You know, I worked there for a few years, and, you know, we made a lot of money. I was was his European, you know, department was one guy. (laughs) But but long story short, man, is, uh, you know, it, 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 you, I had a guy lie to me, flat lie to me to my face, man, because he left, it was like a, it was an old 50s truck, and uh, I believe it was a Chevy, and it beat the fender off of it, you know, because it, uh, it was step side and all that stuff, man. It beat the fender off of it, like, messed this. It was a really nice truck. So, I mean, it was probably 50s, it was Chevy. But he had told me that it was the air compressor of why he left the lug bolts loose, the, 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 <laughs> that the air compressor was a piece of shit. And I, I looked at the floor. I looked at him and I was stunned. I was literally stunned. I looked at the floor again and I asked him, I asked him flat out. I'm like, are, do you have any way of getting your tools out of here today? Or do I need to call a tow truck, to get them to your house? <laughs> you need a ride, bro. I, I've had a, I've had a tech. <laughs> I had interviewed with a guy. He was, he was an older guy and he, you know, he'd been around the block or whatever. And that's what he told me. I said, well, we use. I told him, I said, I'm very particular about the way we do certain things. For example, every wheel gets tightened with a torque wrench. And he he goes, oh, I don't need a torque wrench. I've got a Cornwell impact that I am so good with the trigger. I know pretty close how tight that lug nut is. And I've had guys come back. That work with Rob Bowles, too. That work with Rob Bolts too. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. And and he's like, I've had guys come behind and, and check, you know, how tight they were, and I, I was I was within spec. And I'm like, what in the hell are you talking about? I, needless to say, I didn't hire him. But some of these guys <laughs> come in and they think that they think that I'm just going to hammer these suckers on and move on down the road. It's like uh, reusing torque yield bolts. You yeah. just blue glue them. Come <laughs> on, oh my god. <laughs> you just douche them with blue glue and stick those suckers back in. It's good enough. 
You know, another another implement that we started moving into, man, is um for at least our B tech over here, man, is I ask him a question every single day and he's getting better and better at it. Because he'll come and ask me something and I ask him flat out, have you checked service data? What does yeah. service data say? You know, and you know, and he he'll give me the deer in the headlights look and then I'll go I'll watch him walk over there to the computer, you know. And I I'm probably a bad leader in one aspect is because I will let you struggle on purpose. Yeah. I mean, and it's only the thing, way you learn. That's how I learned. But, but, but the thing is, I will. I mean, if I see, if I see a thread kit out and, you know, and this, that, and the other, and I, you know, I see time serves going in, man, I ain't making eye contact with you. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I know he's doing it right. But in, in, in the same breath too, man, over here, man, is if it's something on a dyad question that he needs to know is I'm going to let him struggle for a while. It might be 45 minutes. It might be an hour. And they'll be like, all right, all right, I'm going to go over here. And then it becomes teaching time. Then it becomes, hey, leave your ego at the door. And, you know, you're, I mean, you got to sit there and be, you know, explain it to them on what you're doing and why you're doing it. And then a lot of guys, man, I'm, I'm honestly probably going to say most guys that have it. You have to have it in this industry to go anywhere. But if they have it, you know, they're going to see what you're doing. You're going to watch the bright, bright light go off, you know, inside their head, you know, because you can see it in their eyes, literally. And then, uh, you know, now I don't have to do this job myself anymore. He knows how to do it. What is it? Um, it is basically it. Um, you. That is a very good question. All right. It is going to be, you know, understanding, being able to think for yourself, actually having an inclination of the inner workings on a car, overlapping systems in your mind, being able to, you know, a lot of people are visual learners, but being able to, you know, read service data, decipher things, not have to go straight to a service plan or any of that stuff and logically diagnose something themselves. I mean... You know, I guess that gets to the end point of the game, but you you get a lot of guys that come into the field that do not have you wonder how they tie their shoes. Yeah. I I I have employed some of those. <laughs> I have employed some of those. And I, I look back and, and to this day wonder, you know, I and and maybe that was the point of this whole line of conversation. Is there's a lot of tags. Right. The last episode was with Jeff Compton. And and the question that I posed was do techs deserve to earn over a hundred thousand dollars a year? Should make, techs be earning a hundred thousand dollars? I'm 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 I make about one forty seven and I'm on okay. salary and I get production bonuses. So I mean so, I mean, but I'm also in a major city of Houston, so you gotta take that into account as well. So well, and, and that that was one of the things that came up is, is, is that, Hey, where you're at matters, but you, you've worked with some techs and, and, and I, I guess what I'm trying to get at here is there are some techs that definitely deserve well over a hundred thousand dollars a year. No, if, ands or buts about it. Right. Yeah. I don't question that for a second, but we've also had techs and you've worked with techs and I know you've had techs that have come through and applied for a job. <laughs> that have made you question whether paying somebody that is a good idea, uh, especially when they first come in. They, right? they, 
they've made you question on wh- wh- why they own tools. <laughs> you know, yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, but that's that's real talk. I mean, and, and you're hitting a, a very good point here. Um, and the problem is, is there's going to be bad on both sides. You get yes. bad shop owners. You have, I mean, no. I'm not trying to, you know, you know, cause any problems here or anything like that. But I mean, look at ASOG and some of the questions in there. I mean, I was yeah. a part of ASOG for a while, but there got to be a point where I couldn't hold it back no more. And Dustin became Dustin. He got thrown out for right. a good reason. You know, looking back, like I deserved it. I mean, but I mean, you also guys got, got guys that, you know, that are very successful at things. I mean, you have, uh, you know, Seth, you know, he's good people. I mean, he can be if he likes you. You know, <laughs> David. <laughs> to him, so I don't know. Yo, oh, hold on, hold on. That first million is easy, bro. That second That's million. That's it. That's it. <laughs> but those are those are real words for me. Actually, I've got to try to do it myself with no money, and then I've got to have all of the pockets behind me and see how you know, a multi-million dollar industry or how a multi-million dollar business with multiple stores is ran. And I think that was probably right. the best experience I had in my life. You know, going to work for ESC and, you know, they kind of brought me on the inside. They looked out for me and everything else, man, you know, but, it, you know, I'd fix cars at other stores too. So, I mean, but that was, that was probably one of the greatest achievements that I got to see, man, is I got to actually, you know, understand and see their processes and their things for, for a business that runs 10 stores, that's a, there's a single owner, you know, deal, you know? So, I mean, in that, and even, even at that store, man, is I'd make a call. I'd be like, yo man, you know, this dude's got to go, you know, or this, that, and the other. And like, you know, like, all right, get his keys. Like, all right. So, I mean, and that's how it goes, but there's, European is probably exactly the same as American when it comes to that aspect of things, man. You get good, you got bad, you got guys that just are there for a paycheck. They're paying for themselves, have very little comebacks, fuck off on the phone for most of the day, but still hit their eight hours. So, I mean, and when it comes down to that, I mean, and this is the shitty part that we're going to run into in, in life, man, is a lot of guys have learned to do the bare minimum to get what they want. And I'm honestly going to say I'm probably in my slowdown period of getting older. I can see why. And it's right. not a good thing. I mean, I still hustle when I need to. That end of the month push is real. Yeah. But yeah, it is. <laughs> that end of the month push is real. I mean, I need my bonus, bitch. <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> well, well but so I mean, let me ask you this. Would you also, ever. Go ahead. Go ahead. But. In the same breath, man, is, you know, we've, we came back from the 4th of July this week, man. I've, I've kind of throttled back for two days. You know, now I got, you know, now I got two or three cars now. So, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to roll out hard tomorrow, but you know, I like, I got me a nice little break. You know, I went to work for two days and did do a whole lot of nothing. You know, I died a couple things, wrote a couple tickets and it was good. Do you, would you ever consider going back to shop ownership, right? You've seen both sides of the coin. Would you ever think about going back to being a shop owner? No, I can make more money as a tech. <laughs> That's a fact. That's a fact. No. Now, hold up. Hold up. Because we got to dig into that a little bit. I'm because- not. I'm, but, all right, look, and I've written both sides of this. So I'm going to be very, very honest here. All right. When you have a CPA 
you have your lease, you have your, your, your shop, you know, shop insurance, shopkeepers, you know, you, you have service data, you have, you know, all your parts accounts, net thirties, net sixties, whatever they are, you know, you have, you know, you got, you, now you got to pay, you know, now you're doing half in on insurance for, for your guys and you're doing this, you're doing that. Do you can have an $800,000 a year and bring home 80 grand? Yeah. I mean, <sighs> well, well, dude, that's so important is because we're, we're over here, you know, we post the podcast on Reddit sometimes and, and the conversation gets started and they're like, you, you know, you guys are over here and, and, and even the comment, there was a comment the other day and it was about that, you know, I know I generated my owner $500,000 of profit just off of my labor. And I'm over here thinking like, man, this guy's full of shit. A lot of work, bro, to generate. I mean, five hundred thousand dollars of net profit. Oh, hey, hold on, he didn't Dude. say net profit. I don't think he even said profit. He just no, said he, probably, he doesn't know what net profit is. Yeah, he doesn't. He said five hundred thousand dollars I mean, of it, like sales revenue or whatever that he brought in. A right, year. right, right. But for yeah, one tech, yeah. and, that's and I should pretty not. good. Yeah, it is. It is. And I, I should be very, very careful about what I say. No, because I don't mean that in a disparaging way. No, you don't. But the thing is, is he doesn't understand that, hey, that 500000 you brought in, you know, even if we're doing, if we're doing 18, 20% net, you know what I mean? You brought me 10 yeah. grand in real money. So I'm going to, I'm going to take <laughs> so, that on yeah. my side. If the guy's doing $500,000, you, you factor 20 to 25% for the cost of labor. So why isn't the guy yeah. making a hundred thousand plus if he's bringing in five hundred thousand dollars a year? Yeah. That's a fair question. That so is a fair question. He's underpaid because he, I don't think he's making a hundred thousand. He's he's close. He said, but I don't think he's making a hundred thousand. So he's underpaid. He is. Yeah. No. Definitely. And and look, I've I, I, that particular guy. We've had conversations and and really smart, really cool guy, and and really knows his stuff. And and has become bitter because of what the industry is putting through and the situations he's found himself in, you know. And I I, I think that you know I, one of the things I struggle with is I look at this and and all these texts come to us and say, look, you you've got this view of the industry; it, it's way worse than you think it is. And all these owners come to us and they say, look, we would love to pay tax more, but we can't find any good texts. And and you know the ones that are coming in aren't aren't doing what they say they can do. They're 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 not doing what we need them to do. Uh, go back to the go back to Doctor House. Everybody lies, both sides. Yeah. Both sides. Yeah. Well, and the, uh, exactly. I had somebody say, is, uh, "What is it? Their lived experience? It's their perspective. It's all relative." Here, here's the is. issue, though, and and I see this. It happened today. A shop owner who's struggling to get technicians. He's got a fantastic ad put out there. Beautiful ad. I didn't write it. He wrote it himself. I'm super proud of him. He did an awesome job. So Dutch wrote it. it. Huh? What's that? No, 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 no. This is, this is a, I'm joking. this is an excellent, excellent ad. He killed it with the ad and he's got a great picture. Right, and he's got, he's got, he's a very nice shot. Uh, very good guy. He runs a, a good shop and, but he, he's been having a tough time finding techs. It's a tough market where he's in, a really tough market. Everybody's hiring and hiring fast, and they're just throwing stupid money at people. But he gets somebody to buy it, and he knows the guy's lying to him. He's like, the guy's telling me that he's getting 28 an hour right now, and I offer, I countered 25. He wants 30. Holy crap, what are you doing? 
it he's been waiting to find somebody viable for weeks, even months. He finally gets somebody to bite and we're squabbling over five bucks an hour. You got to be yeah. kidding me. And it, and I'm not to not to pick on him, but this is this is the mindset that all of a sudden you completely forget that it took you two or three months to find somebody to apply. It took you and ad spend and crappy interviews and garbage leads and all this time. Meanwhile, you're losing 25, 30, 35, $40,000 a month, not having somebody in in the bay. You don't even think about that. All of a sudden, the guy wants a little bit more than what you're willing to spend. And you're trying to squabble over five bucks an hour. But the thing is, is once he's in the door for that, for that amount, I mean, any good, I'm not, I'm not only going to say shop owner, but if he has any tax, man, is anyone can bring him to that value very quickly. If he has it, we're going to go back to that. Even if he doesn't like, even if he's, even if he's slow, the, the only time it becomes an issue is that the guy is, is a liar. So, Hey, did you put that part in? Yeah, yeah, I put that part in. And then you open the the toolbox drawer and there's a bunch of uninstalled parts. That guy needs to go immediately. He's he's gone, yes. right? You just don't tolerate that. Or he's a smashy bear. Just everything gets smashed on the way in, everything gets smashed on the way out, and you're constantly coming behind him going, that part's broken now. No, you're not gluing that back together or I'm replacing it. What are you doing silicone that siliconing that that's going to have to be replaced. You see what I'm saying? Like that yeah. person is not worth the money, whatever it is that you're spending because it, it, and again, you're squabbling over five bucks an hour, but even if you get the guy at 25, because that's what you offered him and you think all of a sudden you like, you've got to save the five bucks an hour and it's, it's going to make or break you. So you get him for 25. Even if you get him at 25, he's breaking everything on the way in and breaking everything on the way out. It's not worth keeping them at 25 bucks an hour or 20 bucks an hour or 15 bucks an hour. You got to get rid of the guy. So if he's not a liar and is installing everything and recommending things based on evidence, right? You know, it's not like we were saying earlier with Identifix. It's not, oh, I, I, uh, Identifixed it and the most probable cause or like the snap on scanner that tells you most probable, uh, causes, you know, the map sensor, intelligent diagnostics, yeah, intelligent diagnostics is telling me it's the map <laughs> sensor. As long as we're not doing that and you're actually giving me evidence and coming to a conclusion based on the evidence and you're not breaking things. The guy's going to make money for you at 30 bucks an hour or 35 or even 40 bucks an hour. The guy's going to make you money. Even if he's not at a hundred percent efficiency, he's at a 75 or 60% efficiency. The guy still makes you money. If you've got a good, uh, if you've got a good door rate and you're, well, and you're only that. pricing things appropriately. Yeah, man. I mean, at least 52 to 62% margins. You know what I mean? It, yeah, of course, man. Your door rate's good. You're paying him 40. You got a 125 labor rate. Even at, even at, yeah, at 70%, exactly. like you said, man, you're still making paper. Like he's paid for himself and freaking, you know, probably paid the rent for the building. Yeah, absolutely. And, and then some. And, and yeah. so it doesn't make any sense. But my point is that this is what I've seen shop owners do is they forget the struggle to get the guy and all of a sudden they find the guy, a guy, 
and they're like, well, okay, I could be making at 20, let's say on the low end, I'm making $20,000 a month on this guy. I'm not paying him 20,000. I'm making 50 to 60% GP on that. This is going to pay for itself. This person is going to pay for himself. He's going to bring me revenue. And maybe do I upgrade later? Sure, maybe. Or you find that you've got a, a diamond in the rough and you want to develop them. Yeah. I mean, and but get them on I board. That, yeah, I push that in the shop pretty hard, man. When you come on, man, you're not staying where you're at. If you're changing tires right now, you ain't doing that for long. You know, so, so I mean. And, well, and, but I mean, and, and I, I think that is one area that shop owners, you know, lack is that we don't have a development plan. We don't have a strategy for bringing them from the bottom up. We don't have a strategy for taking a tech that needs some refinement, needs some help and educating them and giving them the information and the tools they need to become the best they can be. And I think in a lot of shops, we don't have the culture for that. Uh. You know, one thing that was really surprising to me is I'm, I'm big into the apprenticeship thing. I think that's really important. And I think that, that, you know, if I had had the opportunity when I was 16 or 17 years old to go work in a shop with somebody to take me under their wing and, and, you know, show me the way to do things, but more of a mentor, because, you know, here's my thing. I grew up working on cars with my dad, my uncle, and that was like the greatest time in my life. You know, it was at a time when I enjoyed it and I enjoyed doing that. And these guys are saying, look, you know, unless they can be profitable, unless they can come in, you know, I need them to be profitable now, not three to five years from now. I'm not interested in that. And I understand that in some cases, right? In some cases, I completely get that we need a production employee in the shop. But I also think that we need development plans for the technicians in the shop. We need development plans for the owner in the shop. We need development plans for the service writer in the shop. Because we all need to be growing and learning. And I I think for me, you know, the reason that my shop's done what it's done, and it's not that it's some big special thing or anything like that, it's that I've got the constant drive to do better than I'm doing right now. And I think we all have that drive to be something more, to do something better, to to produce more, not, earn not more, everybody. right? And I know some people no, don't, also some but people that's a don't. big deal for me. Yeah, I know that you're yeah. you're a unicorn, you're a unique case. I, I was having a conversation with, uh, about that today with one of my techs. He's like, "Man, this other guy is uh, not pushing himself," and I just don't understand it. He didn't understand. He didn't get it. Like he was trying to get better. He's like, you know, I can do more hours. I can, I can more efficiently diag that car. I can gain a little bit of knowledge. He's trying to push himself. The other guys, no, he's playing on his phone while he's waiting for the car to heat cycle and everything, by the way, gets heat cycled, oil changes, alignments, tire rotations, everything needs a heat cycle. And so he doesn't understand the other tech I'm, who has I'm gonna, absolutely. I'm gonna have to add that to my own list. What's that? <laughs> I'm gonna have to add that to my own yeah. list. <laughs> it's heat cycle boss. That's why I'm sitting on the stool. Yeah, everything gets heat cycle, and the guy just has no drive. Like this other tech, he he has no drive. So it, but here here's the thing, and, and I didn't say this to the tech, but this is what it comes down to: is that that tech's probably a twenty percenter. He's in, he's a, a, he's got that mindset. The 80% don't, the 80% just want the paycheck. The 80% just wants, they want to come into work with the least amount of hassle and do whatever is bare minimum necessary to not get fired. And that's it. That's how most people are. Lucas, you are a unicorn. You're a 20% you're a 5% because you own a shop. You can't, 
extrapolate that out to the rest of the to the population. Well, I understand. You can. You really can, though. I think you you explained it really well. Um, Most people only do the bare minimum. I'm I'm not going to say most. I'm going to say you're going to have one guy in it. I'm telling you, it's most of the population. You wonder why. Like, you know, that's why they called the middle of like middle class or whatever. It's like, yeah, there's a reason why there's only five bajillionaires in the entire world. It's because they were willing to do what everybody else wasn't. And that's how how they got there. How many times have I had both of y'all complain to me to be at being at work on Sunday? (laughs) <laughs> I, a, I think i've said something though. like four or there, five no no i'm no, being no. real i'm being well, real me too. There, there's work ethic and they're just deranged working on sundays no, it's not it's not deranged it's, I, I got a salary man like literally i'm paid a salary so i'm paid a certain amount of money which is probably above or or on par with you know probably the top one to two percent of the country and when you're gonna pay me that salary and I, maybe this is just us being older but you're getting your money's worth. You know, if I have something that's yeah. kicking my ass and I'm like, hey, I'm behind on something, you damn right. Look, hey, look, you know, before I start getting drunk, let's uh throw them to the shop yeah. for a few. <laughs> and then well, and, that, and that's <laughs> what, that could be why you're making 147,000 a year and most techs aren't. You see what I'm saying? And that, that's yeah. the, that yeah. that's the point is like, hey, yeah, these techs, they may see themselves as really good, but they may also be prima donnas. And they may not want to do what needs to be done to get the job nah, man. completed. Nah, man. Cars leaving is the entire point. I don't have a lot of comebacks as a personal person. Anybody that will work with that has worked with me, and there's many in a, in, in a few of the groups, but I don't have a lot of comebacks. I have never leaves. I have something that's, you know, like I have cars that are. Leaves. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we all have them. <laughs> but, <a> few. <laughs> But but the thing is, is, you know, it becomes on a never leave, I probably get two or three a year and on those it becomes personal. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, and when it becomes personal, it's like, all right, we ain't making money on these three. You know, give me all the rest of the year. But these are going to cost some money because I have to know the answers. <laughs> I mean, and- well, I mean. That, but see that that's a, that is I think a big driving factor, right? It, it it's not coming to work necessarily for the money. Yeah, the money's a part, right? It, it's coming because I I want to be more. <laughs> I I am proud of excelling in my field. Does that make sense? Yeah. I, I I think that that so many guys, if you just show up for the money. You know, you always hear the the saying, you got to show up for the right things. You can't just show up for whatever you want. You know, Zig Ziglar always said, if if you want what you want in life, you got to help enough other people get what they want. That's just how it works. And And I am a firm believer that if you just show up and all you're interested in is the money, you ain't ever going to get there. But if you show up and you're showing up about being the best you can be, you're showing up to learn more than anybody else could possibly learn because I'm going to put the hard work in. I want to be the best. I want to excel, right? Think about the people that have done that. Cody Gatt, yeah, right? Mario, yeah, Mario, Dusty. Mario's only had a few years in this trade, man, and that kid is yeah. freaking phenomenal. I mean, Cody's good too, man. I mean, uh, what's the Jarhead Diagnostics dude? I mean, I think Brandon yeah, Dills. I think, I think yeah. he's going to go places as well. Yeah, I mean, look, look at, I mean, seriously, let's take a step back. Let's think about Paul Danner for yeah. a minute. 
He changed our entire industry. From Pep Boys. Right? The guys who were really interested in doing something with their lives, he gave them a true ability that many guys... I mean, look, he taught almost an entire college course on YouTube. Yeah. That's huge. And the people that really wanted to, the people that said, look, I'm going to do something with my life. I want to be the best damn automotive technician I can be. I want to be the best damn shop owner I can be. The resources are there for you to do that. If you're not doing it, that's on you. Now, I get, I get, there's a lot of shops that are underpaying. There's a lot of shops that are taking advantage of, right? I completely get that. But I think this is a a problem that has uh, causes in both camps, right? This can't just be blamed on shop owners and it can't just be blamed on techs. I think we both hold some responsibility (laughs) in this. I said that earlier. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's a two front cause. You got shitty techs, you got shitty owners. I mean, that's it. You got, and, and the, the thing is, is even David Roman can, can, can probably chime in here, man, is, you know, all good, you know, you're going to pay a good tech. You're going to take care of them. Like I'm, Amen. I, in uh, even me, for instance, man, is like, I came with a lot of, of, you know, issues for a long time. I was this flat out junkie. I mean, and I've been like dope sick at work with a boss, like call your dude. I need you to make me 3000 a day. (laughs) In all seriousness, tell your story. I mean, you got an opportunity to tell your story. I mean, no, I mean, I got clean. So, I mean, and you know, I mean, and I've always, I mean, look, and I didn't have a driver's license for like 20 years and I was a diagnostic tech and I always had a job. so, I mean, I get that, but, but here, here's what I'm asking from you. If you feel comfortable, yeah. if you don't, this can all be edited, yeah. right? So, but, but here's the thing is if there's a guy that's in a similar situation as you, your story may improve somebody else's life in a way that you don't even recognize would improve it. Now, if you don't, I mean, I'm not going to hold no, that I mean, against you, right? That's, that's your I mean, business. That might need to be another episode. I mean, we can do it tonight if you want to, but what I'm trying to say is, is, I mean, I still have problems with alcohol, so I don't feel like leaving heroin is, you know, a a flag I can fly. And I need you to understand where I'm coming from there. Of course. Dude, I've had Absolutely. family addicted to opiates. Trust me. It was a big deal to kick that stuff. That is nuts. <sighs> yeah. I mean, dude, uh, hey, listen, from that to alcohol is a hell of a win. Uh, I mean, I mean it, that's, it that's what. I mean, dude, if, uh, you know, if, if, if Marlboro's and, and, and Red Bull are my worst habits, you know, with a few beers a night, then I'm, I'm doing all right. You know, eat my gummy and call it good, but whatever, but damn, uh, (laughs) it's not, we've gotten older now and everything else, but I was literally watching my friends die. You know what I mean? Uh, You know, and, and here's the thing, man, like, Hey, look, you know, you know, JD OD'd man. Well, where'd he get a shit from? Oh, it's K. All right. Well, hold on. I'm going to call K real quick. I mean, that's, that's how that life goes. Yeah. Yeah. It's a horrible life. I mean, man. it is, man. I, and it, it and, took and Cordy on, leaving I'm not, me. I'm not in, like, I don't know anything about this kind of stuff. Oh, don't, so don't, would, don't. I know, but this is really, this is fascinating to me. So why would you call K to see if the stuff that you got was from K? Because that. It's strong. Yeah, because it just this motherfucker. But the guy just OD'd OD'd on it. But it don't matter, man. Fucking, I'll I'll do I'll do one bag instead of three. I'm gonna test it out. Wow, he's got good dope. That's crazy. 
it, it's a it's it's about it's about the it's about the experience, right? We it's call about it finding the, God. First time you ever did, you ever shot heroin, we called it finding God, and it's a terrible experience because that first time you feel it, it becomes a you know a ten year endeavor, I guess you can say. Yeah, so I mean, and it, euphoric and chase it for the yeah, rest of your life, dragon. You know, and it. Yeah, exactly, and it never shows back up, you I know? Mean, but it does show back up, because, I mean, you get nods every night, but the thing is, is there's a fine line between nods and an OD. When I say a fine line, I mean a very fine line. So, I mean, and there's, I mean, and that's and that shit takes over your life. It literally takes over your life. I worked for a company in Florida that's a, you know, a pretty large chain now, and it was uh, basically doing mostly AC work in Florida. You know how gravy that is? Doing evaporators and yeah. AC compressors and full system change house all day long. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, like yeah, Power. Dude, no, 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 no. I mean, I could be, I could be legitimately super fucked up and still do this job. <laughs> so I mean, yeah. and and or well, at least I thought I was. And that right there is the. the I'm going to honestly say that that's probably the the, the litigating factor of the, this is that you you think you're doing a good job. But you're not. Yeah. You're making yeah. the money. But the thing is, is, you know, you're also nodding out in cars for two hours that you didn't know that you did. You ever watch the movie The Salt and no. Sea? Yeah. I need to check yeah. that out. It's an yeah. old movie. I can't do old movies. I just I can't handle it. No, it's not old movie. It's not old movie. It's it, it's a fucked up movie. Um I like what I, I had this buddy for years. Fucked up like uh, hum, human centipede uh no, 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 nothing no, you like have that. No, it, you have it's no a, morals as a junkie. Junkies do junkie shit. Yeah, is a very th- this yeah. was a this this was a really interesting story, and it, it, it's a fictional story, but it's about a man whose uh, wife was murdered, and he decides to become a junkie to hunt down the people who murdered his wife. Really interesting parts in it, and I think you would connect with it well. Um, <laughs> Not you, David. <laughs> I mean, you I might mean, find it. Extremely... I find it fascinating to hear these stories. I do. I, I worked nah. with a guy who sold drugs um, f- for a long time, and man, he had some wild stories and about trafficking and where you could sell and what you would do with the cops and what you would do with the vehicles and what if they caught you with the money. And I mean, it's just a, a to me, it's a wild lifestyle. I, I don't know. I, not, I can't relate. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> too, getting too much getting high <laughs> is a full time job, man. Well, you know, here here's what's crazy is everybody that lives that lifestyle, man, it, it there is it is coming for you it eventually. Does. You die or you end up in prison. Those are the only options. There's no surviving it. Well, right? There, there is. It, there is well, when you, you make the choice. Yeah. You have yeah. to physically make you have to hit yes. your own personal rock bottom. And, yeah, my, and you have to say, I'm not doing this. Yeah. And that's the thing, man, is I've been, I think I've been nine years now or eight years. That's awesome, dude. So I Congratulations, mean, Congratulations, man. No, no, no. It's not that. I mean, it's not. I mean, and the thing is, is even my wife will contest. Like we see junkies and shit, man, at the gas station, man. And I'm the first one to walk over there. Yo, man, what you doing? I'm like, when you going to get off that shit? It'd be the same thing if you left the tire loose. Like I'm fucking with you. Yeah. And you yeah. can't tell me you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know this pain I have. This that, that bullshit. I've been I beat there. <laughs> yeah. You, you yeah. see that Audi out there? You want to go for a ride? 
Dude, and, and see, that's huge. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That kind of pain. That that's, it, it is. That's huge. Uh, that's huge for me. That's so cool. That, that's I mean, a cool concept. I was that guy though, and that was the thing, man. Is I had a guy, and this is—I'll never forget this, man. Is you know, I'm scratching my arms and all that shit, man. About half dope sick one morning, and I'm fucking walking over to the bus. And a guy stopped me. And he said, uh, he, he asked me what my name was. I told him my name. He said, you know, Dusty, I, uh, I was you, bro. But I ain't you no more. I need you to understand that. That's all I'm going to tell you today. Here's my card. I want you to call me if that ever sinks in. And he left. And it took about four or five days, man. I did give him a call. I'm like, hey, man, you know, I met you out here. You gave me your card. He said, like, yeah, I remember you, man. Um, we have a we have a list of you know a bunch of free clinics and all this stuff that you can go to. You need to go to a detox facility first, and then uh, we we can uh you need to call me from the detox facility. And when you get there, you're there for a couple of days and you get everything going good. I need you to I can bring you a list of of, of places that can uh they can help you. And he did. And so, what was the next step? Uh, I went to a rehab facility. I picked off the list that he had sent me to that was free. It didn't cost any money. It was a faith-based rehab. And I was like, man, I'll never find God, man. I'm all through this. I just need some clean time, this, that, and the other. I don't know, probably about, I don't know, 45, maybe 50 days in, I was on my knees crying like a little girl in the yeah. chapel. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, and I'm not going to say a higher power brings it to you, any of that stuff, man. We're not going to go there. But I'm going to say that I felt peace for the first time in my entire life. You know, sitting in a shitty rehab facility, sleeping in bunk beds with, you know, 30 other dudes with no AC in the middle of summer in Florida. Uh, So, I mean, and, you know, and we had a bunch of work. Like, they worked us like dogs. But we got to stay there for free. Ain't good, too. (laughs) <laughs> and, and you know dude that it, it i think looking back on it 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 seems so marginal like when we look back on our own stories and we think yeah you know but i mean think about how cool that is you know what i mean like truly finding yourself and truly getting a whole new perspective on things and and you know the fact that it all started with one person saying one thing that's all it was. That was, and I think I was at, I, I honestly think that I was at the end of my rope there. Courtney been gone for about a year. I'm going to, I might bring her on. She might hear a little bit of audio here just for a second, man. But hey, when I got out of rehab, out of Jesus is, I want you to just give a brief description of how I was. A brief description. Yeah, brief. Well, very muscly. That <laughs> <laughs> was a bonus. And then the different person, different, That's different crazy. mentality, different workmanship, different ethics, morality. It's a whole change, whole different person. Mm, much for the better, much for the good. Did many great things. That's awesome, dude. Yeah, That's cool. And, and, you know, I, I think what's awesome is, is that, you know, all too often we, we tend to give up on people. Right. And, and that's what this makes me think about. You know, I brought up that post that was in a group where they were, so many people were just saying, if he's having comebacks firing, I think we overlook the fact we're talking about human beings. 
I think we overlook the fact that people have struggles and they go through things that we don't understand. We're not going through them. We can't always be sympathetic. We can be empathetic. We can un- we can try and understand, but we don't truly know what somebody feels. We don't truly know what somebody's going through. And I get that it's business and I get that it's numbers and I get that, hey, we're working towards a goal and, and you can't be a detractor from that. But also understand that we're human beings. And we got to understand where that comes from first. We got to understand where the problem is instead of just giving up on somebody the instant they make a mistake. And I I think in our society, we've gotten to the point, not necessarily our society, but in repair shops, we've gotten to the point that we're too quick to just say, you know what? You're not doing what I want. Get out. Get the fuck out of here. You know what I mean? And I, I guess that bothers me for some reason. I, you know, I've always tried to give people the benefit of the doubt way too long in many, many cases. Right? It's always I, a shop owner's job to to come and try and fix the problem. If you, as yeah. a shop owner, ignore a problem, that's your fault. That that's a yep. problem, and that's real yep. talk. Now, if you come yeah. to me and be like, "Hey, look, Dusty, you're fucking up. I need this and this and this fixed." Like, yes, sir. If those, you know, after you know that verbal. If I'm still fucking up, then that written write-up comes out. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? And then, you know, third time, sorry, bro. It's like baseball. That's it. Third strike, you're out. <laughs> but I mean, but that's, I, I honestly think that and I've I, I actually seen this in shops to where, you know, uh, sometimes the most profitable employee actually has the highest comeback rate. He, has a, yeah. he doesn't have to fuck with his own comebacks. So, I mean, yep. and when that happens is there becomes, you know, this is learned behavior. So, I mean, and, and, and that honestly needs to get fixed by the shop owner. Like, hey, look, you got these comebacks. You know, I mean, personally, what I would do is I've learned hard lessons in life and I learned how to run things the way I like to run things and all this stuff, man. What would happen is, is he hasn't had to fix his comeback in two or three years. All right. Let's stack him up for this week. That's all he's doing. He ain't, ain't going to make a paycheck. You know what I mean? If he's on flat race, on the flat race system, and maybe that'll slow his ass down to get him to where we need to be as a shop. Well, and I mean, here's the thing is that, that I, I think in some cases we get a technician who doesn't even realize they're making these stupid, silly little mistakes, if that's the case. And, and, you know, we, we get, especially in bigger shops, I think we get away from that culture and that, that focus on quality. You know, I, what I've told my guys in our shop is, is, is my expectation is you to take care of the client, make sure their car is safe and reliable. Like it's your mother's. Exactly. And uh, dude, I've said that before and, and I've never said like, yeah, I push towards numbers. Like we, we got to go, we got to hump it guys. Come on, let's go, let's go, let's go. Especially if we're falling back and you know, I'll blindside myself sometimes. I'll be like, man, dude, homeboy ain't getting no workout. Like what the fuck is going on? What are we doing? Come on, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. At the end of the week, I look at his hours. I'm like, dang, where'd all that come from? He said, well, I've been working on it all week, <laughs> you know? But, um, but that that's just how things land though. I mean, yeah. I mean, I've been on the 15th. I've literally, my own personal self have been on the 15th for five hours. Then finished out the week with like 390. So, right, right. But that's just the way things land. I mean, in some shops, some, not very many, and this is something that I have a big problem with, is the technician does not get paid until the car is picked up. And that's not my problem. Oh, that's not cool. 
Yeah, but it this does happen, and I, this is something I need y'all to harp on because I've worked at several shops like this. Like basically, I don't get paid till you get paid. I'm like, yo, man, my job was to fix a car, not do the billing. <laughs> you do, you think, do you think that's a profitability problem? You think the shop owners having a profit problem and they they don't have the money? If that was the case, if that was the real case, then you know you're gonna go, you're gonna get paychecks on Wednesday instead of Friday and shit like that. Real talk, right? I mean, um, and if 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 that's, I think that is a shop owner that you know he's set in his mind and this is how he wants to run things and this is his profitability set that he has and he ain't gonna change his mind. Um, you know, Steve Roberts had posted something the other day in another group that was phenomenal. He said the most dangerous thing to the automotive industry is a closed mind owner. Yes, and that was profound. I agree. That was profound. <laughs> I agree. So, I mean, and that was like, uh, like I, I, I read that like three times in my own head. I'm like, damn, this dude hit it on the head, man. <laughs> yeah, I agree. A hundred and ten percent. So what do you think of flat rate? Um, I think as a B tech, it's the way, the way you're going to make the most money. If you're on the C end or you're on the A end, I mean, good A techs can make a lot of money too. I did. I did as well. I mean, I mean, in my late twenties, man, early thirties, man, I was killing it on flat rate. I, if you would offer me a salary, I told you to fuck off because right. I'm like, man, whatever you're going to offer me is going to be probably two thirds of what I can actually do. Right. And you know, then I hit my slowdown period and then I took that salary and then, you know, now I still have a flat rate mentality with that salary, if that makes sense. Like, you know, you're paying me X amount of money every freaking week. I need to be turning these hours. And then that's my mindset. Do you have, do you have hours or goals that they've set for you? Do you have something that they oh, yeah. come, come if to I you hit, and said, here's what we expect? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we've all had talks, man. I, I make a certain, you know, amount per hour. They pay me a minimum of 40 and then anything at the end of the month that goes over my 100% efficiency, I get a bonus for. Nice. So basically, it's flat rate without being flat rate, if that makes sense. So if you had a message for the technicians that are listening, that you know, you, you've heard some of what's going on. Yeah. You know they're disgrown. You know they're pissed off. You know they're upset. You're probably one of the highest paid technicians in the country. What's your message to them? be the best way you can do and that's go in and don't let a car beat you as soon as you pass it off to someone else man you're not going to be that guy i mean and that's you have to like this is another dr house reference and this is a it's going to be it's sometimes the ones that i will not make any money on that i have the most interest in because I have to know what's wrong with it. It becomes a personal obsession. So, I mean, and that's, I mean, and I've, I've gotten out of that a lot, you know, because, you know, gravy maintenance and, you know, uh, you know, some go fast parts and, you know, newer, you know, seven to 10 year old cars that, I mean, 10 years old, man, they're really, really starting to fucking go downhill. But in, in the same breath, man, it's, that's, that's honestly going to be your moneymaker. The newer they are, 
the more chance you have the, of the actual customer having money. And those are the ones that write the tickets on. And honestly, think that anyone could, could, can be a top earner. They just have the motivation to do it. They have to have that motivation. I mean, cars don't fix themselves. It's in your bay. You got to get it out. You don't get it out. You ain't going to make no money. Very true. Very true. And I think it's all about perspective because, you know, look, there's some really great techs out there that earn really great money. And I, I get that there's a lot of bad shops out there, but, but you got to show up at the end of the day, you got to show up. The important thing is to show up and get the work done. You know, in the, the, there's a, and I've referenced it before. I'm a big Zig Ziglar fan. And there's a, uh, a recording that was done of him years ago. It's called see you at the top. And at the very, very beginning, he talks about a program that they taught in schools. And one of the things that he says in that is he said um, that when a 16-year-old shows up at your business and says, I understand that for me to be able to pay, to be paid, for you to be able to pay me, I have to generate a profit for you. I have to earn more than, than what I cost for you to be able to pay me. So I am here to ensure that that happens. Profit's not a dirty word, right? I don't think profit has to be bad. And and especially if a shop owner is taking a ton of liability and a ton of the the, the risk, it's not you know, only the shop that. owner needs to be making money. It's not only that. The cost of ownership has, like, you know, went up 10 or 20-fold from what this was in the 90s. Oh, yeah. Yes. So the cost of shop ownership, man, is something that a technician, until he tries to step in that role for himself, will never understand. They're like, hey, look, yep. man, we got, you know, I'm doing all these cars, man. I'm only making this little bit amount of money, man. But, you know, if he's only running, you know, 12 or 15% net, that, been, that motherfucker's broke. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And here, here's the big thing is that so many shop owners lack the ability to run a profitable shop. And I think the large majority, if, if we're talking independence, I think the large majority of folks who have a true problem, when, when you talk about pay, you talk about revenue, uh, as far as a technician in a shop, I think the ones that are in independent shop that aren't being paid fairly are probably because the shop's not profitable. Ask your shop owner if they need some training or need some help. Don't do that. You'll get fired. Um, <laughs> I, Listen, I, I'm speaking to David's employees. I'm not talking to everybody else. Oh, so. God. <laughs> it's not hope for me. They know that. Oh, no, nah, man. <laughs> David's a man. I want to be like That's David it. when I grow up, man. Yeah. Yeah, we all do. Um, Fat and sassy. That, uh, no, no, David. What was it that they called you there? They called you the bear. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get random emails about that reference. <laughs> so, David. <laughs> a bear, you say. <laughs> well, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the ASOG podcast. If you'd like to catch these episodes early, you can do so by becoming a patron. Just go to ASOG.site and click on the Become a Patron Now button. Becoming a patron helps support the show, gets you several perks, and is tax deductible. 
Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and on YouTube so you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes. And as always, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, shoot me an email. My email address is david at asog.site. That's D-A-V-I-D at A-S-O-G dot S-I-T-E. Until next time. you enjoyed this episode of the ASOG podcast. Before I let you go, I need to ask you a question. Are you using the best innovative shop management system in the country? If you doubt that you are, why are you making your life harder? Shopware stays one step ahead of everyone else by bringing a clean, easy-to-use program unlike anything else on the market. Go to GetShopware.com and see what I mean today. That's GetShopware.com. Check it out. Thank you for listening to the Changing the Industry podcast. If you enjoyed the show, do us a favor and leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. And don't forget to set it to automatically download the latest episode. Our efforts with this podcast, the YouTube channel, and the Facebook group wouldn't be possible without the support of our awesome sponsors. So please take a moment, check them out by clicking on the links in the show notes.